the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. And let me just say today, if you're here and you have a broken heart, you have a crushed spirit, go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. He is near to the brokenhearted. He heals the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. Go to Jesus. Don't waste that pain. Go to Christ. Let it drive you to Christ. Are you struggling during this season of hardship? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he encourages you to not stay isolated if you're experiencing difficulty in this season. God doesn't want his children to walk alone. Be sure to surround yourself with a godly community that can breathe life into you. Pastor Dan also urges you to draw near to the Lord. God promises that He is with those who are brokenhearted and downcast. Cry out to the Lord, and He will meet you where you're at. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Listen to me. Give me your attention. The issue, the issue, it's always God's word versus man's word. God's wisdom versus man's wisdom. That is still the issue today. This was the issue in the Protestant Reformation. The Bible versus man's words. That is still the issue today. What happened in Judaism happens in churches. And happens in denominations, even to this day. It's still the issue. Churches and denominations can depart from the word. They can depart from the Bible. They can depart from sound doctrine. We're not talking about style. I'm not talking about like hymns versus contemporary worship or, you know, suits versus come as you are, casual dress. No, we're talking about Bible versus not Bible. God's word versus man's word. God's wisdom versus man's wisdom. And churches depart from the Bible. Denominations depart from the Bible. They depart from sound doctrine. In fact, the Bible tells us that in the last days, people will not endure sound doctrine. They will turn away from the truth. They will give heed to seducing spirits. They'll be seduced by false teaching. So we should expect it to happen because the Bible says this is what's going to happen in the last days. And churches and denominations can get so far away from the Bible that there's just no patching it up. There's no repairing it. There's no reforming it. There's no bringing it back to sound doctrine or bringing it back to the Bible. 
And if you attempt to fix it, it's like putting a new patch on an old garment. You're just going to make the tear worse. And so God has to just do a new thing that is outside of that church or outside of that denomination. Jesus rejects their traditions because their traditions have superseded the Bible. And this will become the reason that the religious leaders reject Jesus. Because he rejects their traditions. He's a Bible guy. (laughs) He's standing up for what the word of God says. And they're going to reject him for that because he's rejecting their traditions and their man-made rules. This is going to be what gets him crucified ultimately. So now we kind of go on here. Verse 18, while he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Now, the other Gospels tell us this man's name was Jairus. He was the ruler of the synagogue in Capernaum. So he was the highest ranking Jewish official in Capernaum. He's a man who's well known in that community. As the ruler of the synagogue, he was responsible for the administration and operation of the synagogue. He supervised the worship in the synagogue. He was the one who invited guest rabbis to come and teach in the synagogue. So Jairus interacted with Jesus previous to this. They had a a relationship on some level. Jesus taught in the synagogue in Capernaum. Jairus would have been the ruler of the synagogue who invited Jesus to share and teach in the synagogue in Capernaum. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus cast a demon out of a man in the synagogue in Capernaum. And as the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus was there to witness that miracle. Remember also we saw in chapter 8 that Jesus healed all of the sick that were in the city of Capernaum. So Jairus no doubt was aware of that and all of the miracles and healings that Jesus has performed. And now Jairus comes to Jesus and it says that he worshiped him. That is, he fell down at his feet. He fell down at the feet of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you saw a grown man fall down at the feet of another person? Probably never. And this wasn't just anyone. This is the ruler of the synagogue. He's one of the most prominent men in the whole city. Everyone in the crowd knows who he is. And he comes up to Jesus And he falls at the feet of Jesus and said, my daughter just died. Wow. My daughter just died. You know, often a great tragedy drives a person to Jesus Christ. A person can go through life believing they have no need for God. And then a tragedy comes that's so overwhelming. It drives that person to Jesus. They realize there is no human resource that can help them. Only Jesus Christ can help them. God used tragedy in my life to bring me to Christ. I had no interest in God, no thought of God, until tragedy came into my life, and then God used that to bring me to Christ. In Psalm 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. And let me just say today, if you're here and you have a broken heart, you have a crushed spirit, go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. He is near to the brokenhearted. He heals the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. 
Go to Jesus. Don't waste that pain. Go to Christ. Let it drive you to Christ. Jairus says, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. I I saw what you did with that demon-possessed man. I've heard what you've done to all the people here in our community, how you've healed everyone. So Jesus, just come and lay your hand on her and she'll live. Now, if you've been with us up to this point in Matthew, we've seen Jesus heal all kinds of sickness and disease. We've seen him cast out demons. We've seen him cleanse lepers. We saw him cause a paralyzed person to walk. But we haven't seen him raise someone from the dead. This is like next level miracle here that this guy is asking for. But Jairus believed that Jesus could raise his little daughter from the dead. And he says, if you come and just lay your hand on her, she will live again. He was convinced that Jesus has not only the power over sickness and disease and demons, but the power over death. That he can raise the dead. He hasn't done that yet. He's never done it before. And so verse 19, Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. And suddenly, now the other Gospels tell us there's crowds pressing against him. Right? If you've ever been in that kind of crowd where you can barely move because there's just so many people packed together. That's the size of the crowd. He's barely moving. And poor Jairus here. He wants to get Jesus to his house to, to raise his daughter from the dead. It's his only hope. And now they've got to get through this crowd. All these people pressing against Jesus, trying to get near to him. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and note this, touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Now, the other Gospels tell us that Jairus's daughter was also 12 years old. This woman with the flow of blood, she's had the flow of blood for 12 years So Jairus's daughter has enjoyed 12 years of joy and happiness, while this woman has experienced 12 years of of isolation and suffering and sadness. So she has a flow of blood. And again, according to the law, these these are Jews. So we always want to look back and say, what does the law say about that? According to the law, Leviticus chapter 15, if you're taking notes, her flow of blood made her ceremonially unclean as long as she's got the flow of blood that means anything or anyone she touches becomes unclean any furniture she sits on is considered unclean she has to isolate herself and quarantine herself because of her uncleanness it means she can't go to the temple in jerusalem she can't go to the synagogue she can't go to the market she can't have any physical contact with people during the whole duration of her bleeding. And she's had this issue for 12 years. She hasn't been to the synagogue for 12 years. She hasn't been to the temple for 12 years. She hasn't gone anywhere. There are people for 12 years. Think about how crazy you were going just under the short quarantine we were under. I got I got to get around people. I got to get out of here. How many birthdays did she miss? How many weddings did she miss? How many funerals did she miss? How many graduations did she miss? She's isolated because of her condition. And on top of that, Mark's gospel tells us she spent all of her money on physicians 
and they made her condition worse. So she's financially broke because of medical bills. And she's actually in a worse condition now because of all the doctors she went to. Just like Jairus, for this woman, Jesus is her only hope. She's exhausted all of the human resources that were available. She spent all of her money. She is in a worse condition. And now Jesus is her only hope. Some people come to Jesus out of desperation because they're out of options. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. So she makes her way, note this, she makes her way through the crowd. By the way, she's not allowed to be in a crowd because of her condition. Everyone she's coming into contact with, she is making ceremonially unclean. But Jesus doesn't send her away out of the crowd. Jesus doesn't have his disciples policing the crowd. And she comes up behind Jesus in the crowd. And note this, she touches the hem of his garment. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Now that word hem, if you're taking notes, it refers to the tassels on Jesus's garment. As an observant Jew, Jesus wore tassels on the corners of his outer garment in obedience to the law. So she comes up and she's, I just want to touch the tassel that is hanging down from his garment. If I can touch that tassel, I'll be made well. Now turn with me back to Numbers chapter 15. Numbers chapter 15, verse 37. Numbers 15, verse 37. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel, tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corner. Blue thread reminds them of heaven. Heaven is your real home. And you shall have the tassel. Here's why. That you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined and that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord, your God. So they were to make tassels on the corners of their outer garment. And those tassels on the corner of the outer garment served as a physical reminder of the commandments of God so that they would keep the commandments of God. Look at verse 39 again. You shall have the tassel that you may look upon it as you, you know, as you're walking these tassels, at least on the garments back then, were down around your feet almost, hanging down at the bottom of your garments on the corners. Verse 39, that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And so this was 
a physical reminder of the commandments of God so that you would keep the law. You would keep the commandments. Orthodox Jews today still wear a garment that have tassels on them. They wear it as an undergarment, not an outer garment. Orthodox Jews started wearing it as an undergarment because of persecution. Because they wore it on the outside and they were clearly identified as Jews. So now they wear it as an undergarment. Sometimes you'll see Orthodox Jews and you'll see the tassels hanging out from under their shirt. In Jesus' day, they wore it on their outer garment. And they had tassels on the corners to remind them of the law to keep the law. Now, if you're taking notes in verse 38, the word corners there is the tassels on the corners. You can circle the word corners in your Bible and next to it, you can write the word wings, wings in the Bible. This Hebrew word is most often translated as wings. Seventy four times in the Old Testament, it's translated as wings instead of corners of their garments. And so for the Jews, they refer to those tassels on the corners as the wings of their garment, those tassels hanging down as the wings of their garment. Are you with me? Have I lost you completely? Good. So here's this woman. She's tried every human resource, every doctor. She's in a worse condition. And out of desperation, she goes to Jesus and she says, if I could just touch that tassel, I'll be made well. If I could just touch the wings of his garment. I'll be healed. Where she get that from? Malachi chapter four. Verse two. Malachi chapter four, verse two. You don't have to turn there because I know you can't find it. Just kidding. (laughs) Malachi chapter four, verse two. It is a messianic prophecy. It's talking about the Messiah. And it says, listen, I'll read it to you. Listen. The son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Now, you and I read that and we think healing's in his wings. It's the tassels in his garment. Healing in his wings, the wings of his garment. And going back to Matthew chapter nine. Now, this woman, she thinks to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the wings of his garment, I'll be made well. Why? Because there's healing in the wings of the Messiah. I just got to touch his tassel. And I'll be made well. And so she reaches out, she touches the tassel the wings of his garment. The other gospels tell us immediately the issue of blood was healed. And then in verse 22, Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. The word daughter there is it's a term of endearment. It's a word that a father would use for his daughter. Kind of like remember with the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven you here. It's daughter, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you Well, amazing, amazing. But wait, remember the ruler of the synagogue? (laughs) Remember Jairus? He's standing there saying, come on, Jesus, don't heal her. Just leave her. We got we got to get to my house. We don't have time for her. Verse 23, when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd Wailing now, they actually hired professional mourners in those days that would come to your house and and wail and cry and play music. The wealthier the family, the more mourners they would hire. 
this kind of a status symbol. This is the daughter of the ruler of the synagogue. It's a well-to-do family, so there's probably a lot of mourners there. They've got, I mean, they've got flute players playing Jethro Tull or something. I don't know what they're playing. What does a flute player play at a funeral? People wailing. It's a pretty emotional scene that Jesus just walks into here at this house. People grieving. The daughter's just died. Verse 24, Jesus said, make room. It's actually a command here. For the girl is not dead. She's sleeping. And they all ridiculed him. They mock him. He says she's sleeping because he knows he's going to raise her back to life. In the New Testament, believers are described as sleeping when they die. Believers are described as sleeping because death is temporary for the believer. We're going to be resurrected. We're going to be raised again, just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. We will be raised from the dead. John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. We have the hope of resurrection life. And when Jesus said this, that she's not dead, she's only sleeping, those professional mourners, they began to ridicule. So look what it says. Jesus just puts them out of the house. People that ridicule your faith in Jesus Christ or your faith in the Bible, just put them out. You don't need those people. Just put them out. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. He raised her back to life. And the report of this went out into all of the land. Now, if you do a study in the Gospels of the funerals that Jesus attended. You will find that Jesus broke up every funeral he attended by raising the dead person back to life and never completed a funeral. They never got through the whole service because he always raised them back to life. Even when he showed up late for the funeral of Lazarus, he just called him out of the tomb and raised him back to life. Now, in chapters eight and nine, Jesus has demonstrated that he has the power to heal disease and sickness. He has the power. Listen, just listen to this list. He has the power to heal all disease and every sickness. He has demonstrated he has the power to cast out demons. He has demonstrated he has the power to forgive sins. And now he demonstrates he has the power to raise the dead. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. Jesus said, I have the keys of death and the grave. Jesus has the power over death. He has removed the sting of death, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians. Jesus has demonstrated that he has power, listen, over every enemy of man. Sickness, disease, demonic powers, and even the grave. In Christ, we don't have to fear sickness. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear demons. We don't even have to fear death. Because he has power over all of them. All the hopes and fears of man are met in Jesus Christ. All of them. Whatever you've come here with today, whatever category it's in, it's all met in Jesus Christ. He's the answer. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for these just great examples of how you've worked, your power, your authority over disease and sickness and the demonic realm, the power to forgive our sins power even over death. 
Lord, we thank you for them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.